0: The Long Box Crusade presents... Action Film Face-Off. This episode, it's 1995 versus 2012. Two films enter. One film leaves. Two men enter! One man leaves! Two men enter! One man leaves! Two men enter! One man leaves! Two men enter! One man, man, man
1: leaves! But it ain't about how hard you hit, it's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now if you know what you're worth, then go out and get what you're worth. But you gotta be willing to take the hit. I'm like a black when
2: it all was back Welcome to Action Face Off, the show where two random years are selected. And my brother will bring an action film from one of those random years while I bring an action film from the other random year. Then those two films will do battle using a variety of criteria and a champion will be crowned by the end of the episode. I'm Jared Albrick, the Death Crow. <laughs> some know me as the art sale artist and the co-host is my brother, Jason the Weasel Skull. We are both military combat vets who take our action seriously, but not too seriously. So let's have some fun. We don't have a super special kind of episode. We're kind of back to the main formula on this one. Although I will say this is a half blind fire, at least for me.
0: I had never seen a hidden assassin. Jason, I'm assuming you hadn't seen it either. No, I had not. This is a half blind fire for me as well. Neither one of us have
2: seen the hidden assassin until we prep for this show. So over to you, Jason.
0: We are going to score. Each of today's films on a scale of one to ten in five categories. Why do I have to keep telling everybody what these five categories are in case somebody new comes and listens to the show? So here we go. One more time around. Five categories. Number one, story. Number two, overall spectacle. Number three, best action scene. Number four, the hero. And number five, the villain. And just to mix it up, it's not going to be in that order when we actually get into it. But we will also have a deduction round, where up to 10 points can be subtracted from the film's total for whatever we determine is the low point of the movie. Well done, Jason. Today we are joined by a sniper.
2: That sniper has just one point to give in each category, so the sniper can sway the scoring a total of five points. It might not seem like a lot, but our last two episodes in a row have been determined by the sniper. So uh, the sniper can play a part. Let's meet our sniper for this episode. He's a Crusaders Club member, and he and I have been friends since 1994, <laughs> which
1: is in no way depressing. <laughs> it's time. Time is a really <laughs> cruel mistress. <laughs>
2: it is. It is my <laughs> my good friend, Ezra Gallo. Welcome to the show, Ezra.
1: Hello. Thanks for having me.
2: Oh, no problem, man. Ezra, Ezra's a big film guy. He's a big film guy.
1: And yeah, uh, I like a, I like movies. Mm-hmm. Also, films. Mm-hmm. Flicks. Uh, occasionally, I watch TV. I don't
2: do much else. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to know our sniper a little bit by asking Ezra, what are three of your favorite action mm-hmm. films? And Jason and I are judging
1: you. All right, that's fine. And the first one is pretty basic on that, but it's Die Hard can't it's approved. go wrong with Die Hard. It's approved. Yep. It's a classic. It's the next one, I'm going to go with Mission Impossible Fallout. Yes. And I do yes. think Fallout, top to bottom, might be the best action movie I've ever seen, just as far as a movie goes and the sequences in it and everything. It might not be your favorite Mission Impossible movie, but just purely on the action. I so, do prefer Rogue Nation, but I tell you what, Fallout is really close for me. <laughs> it's good. And the last two... I asked my girlfriend what she thought of if she was going to name three action movies that she liked. And she said National Treasure 1 and 2. And then she settled on Top Gun as her third. But then she said Jurassic Park originally. I think I'm changing what my third movie was going to be. I was going to say True Lies, but I'm going to go with Jurassic Park as the number three on my list of favorite action movies. That's not bad. I'm glad to hear your relationship got saved at the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: Yeah. yeah you go. Nature will
0: uh, find a way.
2: We'll find it. (laughs) Those are all fine picks. I like those picks. Those are excellent. Well, that is Ezra. That is his action movie taste, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to get to the uh, battle arena fairly shortly here, and I'm thinking Jason's. uh, Yep, I see him installing the spikes. (coughs)
0: Spikes (laughs) are installed.
2: Before our two films enter the video dome arena, which I have confirmation the spikes are installed, we are thrilled to kick off this episode with special shout outs to our Crusaders Club members. These are the fine folks who have joined our Crusade. They enjoy early access to special long box episodes, special video episodes. We have a whole series of, we have over 40 I finished it episodes now that you can go watch us give reviews to random crap that we finish <laughs> in our daily lives. That's all available on our crusaders club page patreon.com slash long these are the folks who are currently contributing and reaping those benefits
0: thank you for being a friend and helica wolf
1: auburn elvis or bill beer
0: blast it or stash it
1: braxton underwood clinton Robinson, captain
0: entropy dave collins Battlewagon. wagon Gary V, Gerald Green, Jason Keen, Jeremy L, German Jim, German Jim, German Jim, German. I hope you like the German too.
1: Mm. Joe Thomas, what's up, Joe? John
0: Watson, Jose Foyo, Josh Strickland, Captivating Kathy Bright, the MVP, monstrous Mark Hatherley. Maxwell Traver, Michael Wagner, Miranda W,
1: P.D. Devins,
0: Paul Hicks. Rick from Jeff and Rick present
1: Rob Morgan Ross Michelle
0: Ryan Daly Samantha Maney Sean Urbanski ID 67 Steve Cronin Tim Price Toronto cop and
2: Brad Morin if we miss anyone on our list we apologize please keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance release if you're a recent addition, we will add you soon but if we screwed it up, just send an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com. If you're asking yourself how you can become a Crusaders Club member, you just head over to patreon.com slash longboxcrusade. And for as little as $1 a month, you get access to the amazing world of our Crusaders Club. So come check it out. Normally I'd make a joke about Jason not getting in, but we're pretty sure he's Jason Keen, So Neither
0: work, Jason. confirm nor deny. <laughs> All right, well, let's get back to the combat and learn a bit about the film Gladiators, about to battle for your pleasure.
2: This episode, I was assigned in the year of 1995, and I blindly selected Hidden Assassin, a.k.a. The Shooter, starring Dolph Lundgren. What year did the randomizer select for you,
0: Jason? Well, I got 2012 and put into our Video Dome arena, Expendables 2, starring Sylvester Stallone and every other action hero from the 80s. All right, we got some hot Lundgren on Lundgren action for this episode
2: and some good matchups. So it's important to point out that this isn't a Jared versus Jason thing. We each had to select from our assigned year, and I selected blindly. So I might very well like his selection better than mine or vice versa. This is all about us discussing beloved action films and coming to a consensus on which one is this episode's champion. Let's do a quick around the room on where we saw them. Hidden Assassin I had on DVD in which I ported it to my Plex server and watched it that way. And same thing for Expendables 2, but I think I also own the Blu-ray. But I was too lazy to get up and grab it off the shelf. I just watched off my Plex. Jason, how'd you watch? It?
0: I rented it off of Amazon, and then for 2012's Expendables 2, I own a copy of the Blu-ray, and I watched it in glorious high def.
1: And Ezra Gallo? I think I got Hidden Assassin semi-legally. <laughs> I watched it on my own Plex server. Expendables 2, I watched actually on YouTube TV. It's available, if you have streaming right now, FX Movies is has been running it the last month. So you can watch mm-hmm. all three of the Expendables movies on FX on demand if you have some kind of streaming service for your cable needs. Oh,
2: good tips from Ezra. And I just realized that Ezra's the first guest we've had on the show that
1: actually has his own Plex server and is not using mine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I remember when Jared first showed me how to set up a Plex server.
2: Yeah. I, I
0: had to take him step by step and show him how it
2: worked.
1: And uh, yeah, I'm a good friend like that.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I just, I, it's a magic movie box that I <laughs> access through Jared. That's
2: <laughs> Ezra's doing a joke, Ezra actually introduced me to the wonderful world Plex and taught me how to use it. And, many people on the show has benefited from this knowledge so thank
1: you Ezra you've been you know, also so the movie swingers i showed you swingers i
2: don't know about that part all right <laughs> <True>. <laughs>
1: no, you can't take it away
2: <laughs> oh let me get into the spoiler warning of course we're going to talk a lot about hidden assassin expendables too if you've not seen these movies we encourage you to pause the show here go ahead and do that we will be waiting for you on the other side of this musical break Welcome back. Let's jump in with some quick information on 1995's Hidden Assassin.
1: <gasps> down, down, down!
2: This is Michael Day, U.S. Marshal. How you doing? How much did you know about the assassination of Manhattan last week? Cuban ambassador to the UN,
1: lone shooter in the storm drain. Simon Rose. Simon Rose hasn't pulled the trigger since 89. Why start now? Political assassins have political agendas. It was a signature job, Nikki, in two days. The city of Prague will host a summit between the U.S. and Cuba. Now, that's a room full of targets. Are we clear? Clear. Then get that bitch out of my life.
0: <laughs> my friend is innocent. <laughs> There's
1: a reason Paul wants me out of the way. Maybe she's the guy, maybe she
0: isn't. <laughs> Could you just take her back there and put one between her eyes? Ah!
2: <sighs> now why would Powell want to stop the US and Cuba from negotiating? What makes you think this stops Powell? The cast and crew is as follows. It stars Dolph Maurice Feldman Lundgren. <laughs> Dolph M. Effing Lundgren, if you will. It is directed by Ted. I directed the very first Rambo movie, Kochef. And the synopsis goes a little something like this. Michael Dane is a top CIA operative sent in to kill a mysterious assassin before the assassin can strike again. He's told that the target is Simone Reset, and everything seems to be pretty easy and straightforward at first. But things don't seem to be adding upright to Michael, and he's not convinced that Reset is the target he's looking for. Here's your trivia on it, and I had to dig pretty deep, so I'm not going to go so far as to say it's super interesting. Uh, (laughs) Here's some trivia on it. I will say this first one, though, it answered some concerns I had (laughs) after I watched uh, Hidden Assassin. The U.S. distributor Miramax removed 15 minutes of the film's runtime when they did the direct-to-video release. That's how I watched it, by the way, the American version through Dimension Films. So the shorter version is what I think most of us saw, and a lot of the character development scenes were cut to make the film more action-oriented. Also, strangely enough, during the end credits, the studio removed composer Stefano Mainetti's excellent score and replaced it with the dance house song that is heard in the nightclub scene. (laughs) So when they Americanized it, they, they screwed their composer basically right there at the end, and they cut out character development scenes, which is... Something I'll probably talk about on tonight's episode. Trivia number two. While filming the fight scene about halfway through the movie, Dolph Lundgren pulled a hamstring in his leg while delivering a spinning back kick. And due to complications regarding his stunt double, I guess maybe it didn't show up or something, uh, Lundgren had to do a lot of his own stunts with much pain and discomfort in his hammy. And finally, this film was originally set to take place in Paris, but they moved the location and rewrote it to fit Prague. They don't say why in the trivia, but I'm guessing this is mid-90s. This was like Prague's film market really opened up. and It was cheap to shoot there, and it's it's a beautiful city. So I,
0: I'm betting they saved a little coin by moving, <laughs> moving it to Prague. It kind of looks like Paris, too. Yeah, we could yeah. play the Prague game. You know, it's interesting, that spinning back kick one, I noticed during the movie there's a scene at the train station where he does the spinning back kick on the guy that has the gun to him. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching that go. That, that looked kind of lame. It was like a half-hearted spinning back kick. So I wonder if that's like mm. either where he injured himself, and they mm. you know just kept the footage so he didn't have to do it again, or he was injured and was slowing it down a bit. The lame was the operative word. He was literally. <laughs> yeah. Literally. So I'm glad you brought that trivia forward. It was something mm. that that was bothering me. It was part of the movie, but now i kind of give some kudos for old Dolph for powering through all right can we talk a little expendables too let's talk a little what
1: we do you want from Church? i knew the day would come when you were going to pay me back you can't let the contents of that safe fall into the wrong hands track them find them kill them you're gonna need more men if you expect to get out of here alive you terminate terminated in your dreams here we go this car Shoot something you not doing what I think you're doing yeah, yeah. The too. You're gonna need
0: a new plane. <laughs> 17th so the cast and crew included Sylvester Stallone check Jason Statham check Jean-claude van Damme, check not you all right you're cool Terry Crews, check Bruce Willis check Chuck Norris check the list goes on we're just running out of time. Everybody's in this thing. It's directed by Simon West. And the synopsis goes a little something like this. The Expendables are back, baby! When CIA agent Church calls in a favor, Barney and the boys have no choice but to answer. Sent to Albania to rescue a map that leads to a hidden storage of former Soviet plutonium, the Expendables think this will be a walk in the park. That is, until they are ambushed by the evil Vilain and one of their own is murdered. What do our boys do with Villain on the loose with the map to make him an instant nuclear proliferator? Barney sums it up best. Track him, find him, kill him. And that's the plot of the film. Trivia goes a little something like this, too. Number one, Chuck Norris came out of retirement at age 71 to be in this film. Number two, throw a little extra love to Dolph since he's kind of the guest of honor tonight. So Dolph Lundgren in the film, he lists his academic accolades during the film, and he mentions that he you know, earned a chemistry degree from WSU, that he was a chemical engineer, and he had a master's in chemical engineering. All that is entirely true. He is a graduate here in the state of Washington from Washington State University, where he got his chemistry degree. He got a chemical engineering degree from the Royal Institute of Technology in Stockholm, and a master's degree in chemical engineering in Sydney. And he was even a Fulbright scholar. So what happened, you might ask? How did he get on this road? Well, he left it all behind to be a bodyguard for his then-girlfriend, Grace Jones.
2: I believe landed him on the set of a certain James Bond film.
0: I know, that's (laughs) where we saw him. And finally, last one. And Jared, did you know that Chuck Dixon wrote a comic book about the character of The Expendables? And Sylvester Stallone wanted him to write the script, but Mr. Dixon refused? Yes, I did. I'm um, an owner of that comic book. Jordan has it in his room right now. He's
2: reading.
0: <laughs> it's called Expendables Go to Hell. And, I was uh, like, Jared. There's an Expendables comic book out there somewhere. And then he texted me a picture of it. Like, yeah, I got it (laughs) right here. I got it (laughs) right (laughs) here. Yes, I think I actually learned about it
2: through Stallone's super fan and the host of the longest-running Sylvester Stallone website, StalloneZone.com. My friend Craig Zablo put me onto that. So, yeah, I pre-ordered that a
0: a while back. (laughs) Yeah, I'll have to put that on a list of things to steal from your house next time I'm over there.
1: (laughs) I I can add one more trivia detail. Dolph Lundgren loves very green bananas because he used to live in my neighborhood.
2: <laughs> I forgot that he lived <laughs> in your neighborhood.
1: <laughs> I would see him at the grocery store and he would, he was real big on the fresh organic produce, but I, I saw him buying bananas once and he was just buying the greenest bananas they had in the store.
0: Or well, maybe <laughs> he just, he made smoothies. Pro- probably so smoothies. He, he, probably, be-
1: he actually lived in someone I know's apartment complex for a while. He was filming a movie here. It was at the very beginning of COVID, so the movie got shut down, and he ended up living here like an extra four months. And he lived in this place, and he was always out in the courtyard working out with his daughter for like two, three hours a day. He's not like a young man working out, and he's putting everybody to shame out there And as the 60-year-old man in the young people's apartment complex.
0: You could do a movie, a COVID period piece, where Dolph Lundgren
1: is forced to be in quarantine with Ezra yeah, it would be a great movie, and at least three people would see it. Um, Dolphin Ezra is kind of a good title, I'm not going oh yeah. to that's, yeah.
0: that's an odd couple right I've there. been pushing
1: for that movie for years, but people don't think to buy it. The only other thing I was going to add is every synopsis of Hidden Assassin I saw said basically the same thing you did, where it said that the Dolph character was in the CIA, but in the movie... Didn't he work for the Marshall Service and the yeah, CIA was detaining yeah. him? Yeah, like and he, he was, even said at the beginning of the movie that the Marshall Service is responsible for going and catching people in foreign countries after they leave the United States. So I thought that was weird. Like yeah, everywhere I thought that's said right, that. I forgot. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, no, you're absolutely right.
2: He is right. He is absolutely right. I remember that now. I watched that one a couple weeks ago. So yeah, my, my brain is a little foggy, but he that
1: he's right. I remember that now. So. I was duped. I was duped. I mean, it's just every synopsis. I, I went and I read it like on IMDB, on Wikipedia, everything. They all said the same thing. Guy working for the CIA. I was like, but that's not what it says. At the very beginning. Of the book. Yeah, working with the CIA. <laughs> working near the
2: CIA. <laughs> all right. Well, now that we have the basics on today's contestants.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, test your might.
2: Get into it. Let me remind you of match game. We have two films and five rounds, which means Jason and I could possibly match up to 10 times in this episode. So place your bets. How many times are we going to match? I have not seen his scores. He has not seen mine. So we'll find out together. And speaking of scores, just a reminder, if this is your first episode, welcome. Uh, If we give it a five, a five means it's okay. It means it's on par with a decent made for TV movie. It gets the job done. So that's your five right there in the middle. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You get yourself a good movie. Eh, four, three, two, one. You're not looking so hot. So with that, let's get into round one. Round one is the story. How engaging or original is the story? We will start with our guest, Ezra Gallo, your thoughts on the story of Hidden Assassin.
1: The thing I liked most was that uh, for a movie that it says 1995. I will admit that when watching this, I thought it was 1985 for a good half of the movie It looks like 1985. It sounds like 1985, but it was 1995. And even in 1995, I felt like the story was a little bit ahead of its time, particularly with the way it treated the women having a female as at least for a good portion of the movie as the villain. A female leading in the uh, LGBTQ lifestyle in there, and I thought, particularly in action movies, this time period that really wasn't part of action movies at all. So I thought it was kind of ahead of its time. I thought it was a pretty good story.
2: Fair enough. Fair, I, I kind of thought the same thing when I was watching. I was like, oh, this is a little
0: this is a little avant garde for '95. So yeah, yeah,
2: I picked up on that as well.
0: Good thoughts. Good thoughts. Jason I agree with Ezra. I think the story was one of the stronger aspects of this film. Based off of your synopsis, I'd be interested to see what they cut out. There was a couple pieces where the story seems to kind of jump, like their relationship mm-hmm. uh, kind of seemed to go from, you know, I hate you. I'm going to catch you. Do you want to see me naked in the bathtub? Sure. Okay. You know, <laughs> it mm-hmm. kind of jumped really quick there. But I think that the bones of the story were quite good. It had some interesting characters. The setting was also very, very interesting, I thought, and entertaining. They brought in elements of the wine world, elements of European culture. You get to see quite a bit of stuff in the story. You know, there's even kind of a somewhat twist at the end, which I thought was interesting as well. So, yeah, I thought this was definitely well above average as far as stories go.
2: All right. Let's forward the clock a bit to 2012 and talk about the story to Expendables 2 and put the ball back in Ezra's court.
1: Um, yeah, Expendables 2. There was a story. They were going to go find a bad guy and blow some other, uh, some people up and <laughs> lots of that. And it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's my thoughts, exactly. I think there was a story. I don't care
2: what it was. Uh, Jason, your thoughts?
0: <laughs> stories? We don't need no stinking stories. <laughs> <laughs> we got Stallone, we got Statham, we got Terry Crews, Arnold. Yeah, no, in all seriousness, the plot was very simple. It was basic revenge, save the world type storyline. I think what really saves it for the Expendables is the chemistry of the actors that are brought together. The reason why I'm going to give this one a little bit better than a middling grade was is really the fact that, to me, the incredible thing is that they have so many action stars present and past and starting to bring in maybe some future stars in this film, that you would think, how are they going to balance all this out? But they seem to do it well. The chemistry really seems to play off. It seems like everybody's having some fun. You can tell Jet Lee had some prior commitments, so he wasn't able to stay on as long, but he's great, his part at the beginning. So to me, the best part about the story is really the characters' relationships that we got introduced to in Expendables 1, and really just kind of Continue to grow and cement and expendables too. So that's my thoughts. You got mileage out of it and I'm proud of you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you. I agree with you. I, I definitely d- agree about the charisma part of it. It's all about that interaction mm. between those guys. You know, I'll be honest
2: with you, I was thinking about giving on a straight down the middle five because it's a super basic story and we'll reveal scores here in a minute. But it, I was boosted a little when, as the credits were rolling, I'd watched it with my 15 year old son, Jordan. And Jordan said, it's like every 80s movie I've seen crammed into one movie. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? It really is. <laughs> and he was saying it with a smile on his face. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> so I said, I'm going to bump it up a little bit. And speaking of scores, let's do this. Going back to Hidden Assassin 1995, scale of 1 to 10. Jason, what do you got?
0: You know, I surprisingly gave it a 7. I didn't think I was going to score it as high when I started watching it. But I think that there was enough interest elements to it that it exceeded my expectations somewhat so seven from me you know i absolutely agree seven first match game of the episode
2: i was like okay a little basic you know is it a five okay it's a six it's got a little more intrigue i saw the plot twist coming a mile away we all did so i was like eh but i was like whoa here's why i gotta say i got that went from six to seven It was like they killed off the lead female they had the gonads, like, kill a major character. I mean, I honestly thought at the end of the movie they are going to walk off holding hands. <laughs> I thought so, too. I was shocked. I was shocked. It was that. a shocking moment, which led to a very tense moment on the ledge. We'll get to it anyways. That scene alone, where I was like, wow, I'm I'm invested in this movie all the way now. So, gutsy moves all around, I think, in the storytelling of that one. So, sevens from Jason and I. And uh, let's check out Expendables. And we'll fi- then we'll find out which movie Ezra liked better in terms of story. Expendables. Jason. Score, one to ten.
0: I think I pretty much tipped it. I think as far as stories go, this really is just thin enough to get you from one action sequence to the other. But the chemistry of the crew landed me on a six for this one. And we've hit our second match game of the episode. I also gave
2: it a six. Same reasons. And let's go to Ezra Gallo, our sniper in the first round. Ezra, do you want to give your bonus point to the Hidden Assassin or Expendables too?
1: I think overall, I probably would have put them almost the same. I probably would have given them both a six if I was going to store a rating. But I'm going to give the tip to Hidden Assassin for being a little bit more complex, being a little bit ahead of its time. I think that's absolutely fair.
0: That means I'm out. All right. That means I'm in. We're going to talk about the hero. I'm going to kill them all, sir. How cool is the hero? We'll start with Ezra. What do you think about the hero of
1: Hidden Assassin? I like Dolph a lot, but I, I feel like Dolph is much better as kind of a dark character, you know, a bad guy for the most part, or just kind of the, I feel like they wanted him to be clean cut guy, almost clean cut law and order guy in this. I just don't really feel like it goes with his general skill set or whatever. But yeah, so I, I thought he was good, but I wouldn't say he was great. Didn't really blow my skirt up. I just don't think it was his strong point being this guy.
2: I agree with that. Even though it's not my round, real quick, I just want to jump in and say, I thought he was a really good Punisher in like 1989, 1990 timeframe.
0: I think that suits him better. <laughs> good news, Jared, is you do get a turn. So what, what are your thoughts? Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think he's a better uh, Punisher
2: from time.
0: Uh,
2: I got all excited about Ezra's comment. I could keep my mouth shut. You know what? I actually hadn't thought of it through that lens that Ezra just gave us. And I think that's a real smart lens. I mean, I love Dolph Lundgren. And here's the weird thing, Jason, Ezra. Is it me or do you get more excited when Dolph Lundgren's in a B grade action movie? <laughs> like I, I'm like more excited to see absolutely a B grade action movie than a, like a starring one. <laughs> it is interesting.
0: You're like I don't know what I'm gonna get, but <laughs>
2: it's, it's a, that's why it's exciting. Like a box of it's a box of chocolates with no labels on. It. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so. I thought he did great, but I, I, I'm really glad Ezra brought that point. I think it's a great lens. I think he plays a, a
0: dirtier hero better than a clean cut. So
2: I'm, I'm going to steal that from Ezra and pass back to you, Jason.
0: I agree with both of you. I think he's a big man. He's dark. And when he's doing the sinister thing, he's very menacing. But I think sometimes, and it kind of comes off in this movie, when he's trying to be the clean cut guy, he just looks big and goofy. Mm, mm. And so, yeah, I kind of agree with uh, what both of you have been saying. Back to you, Ezra. What about the Expendables? And I guess we've got a plethora of heroes to choose from here. Um, yeah. Take your
1: time. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't know who the hero is. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, Liam Hemsworth was, Hemsworth was real good and uh, really enjoyed.
0: <laughs> Baby,
1: entire time in the movie. Uh, <laughs> obviously, Sylvester Sloan is supposed to be the first and front and center guy to it, and I really like him. But you know, when I watch these movies, it's Statham for me. It really steals the show. But there's so many guys. You know, if you're if it's Jet Lee just doing one of those crazy like scissor kicks that he does where his foot's like three feet above his head whenever I don't know how he does it. And Terry Cruz being the strongest guy in the world and looking like he's probably the strongest guy in the world, they just all pull off hero perfectly. Even Dolph, because he's in this one, he is kind of like that, even though he is supposed to be a guy that used to be an engineer in the movie, he's kind of the dirty guy, like the the guy who looks like he might rip your arm off.
0: Of- <laughs> Drugs are bad, okay? <laughs> what do you think, Jared?
2: Oh, this is one of those movies that we've had on Action Film Face Off before, where when you score it, you have to decide whether you want to sort of average everybody, or do you want to stack everybody, you know? And Expendables kind of makes me want to stack everybody, because it's like, Stallone, yeah, he's kind of the glue there, that holds it together, but like Ezra said, Statham... To me, he probably does the most amount of like really impressive martial artsy things or or jetly, but this movie had more state than them. Just like Andrew said, I mean, then you throw in Schwarzenegger being Schwarzenegger. Like he's not even playing trench, right? He's being Arnold Schwarzenegger in that movie. If it, you know, you got Bruce Willis in there being Bruce, it's like it stacks so well. We kind of talked about that in the last one. And while I'm looking at this band of military heroes, This is where our military authenticity comes in the show. The way they talk to each other and give each other crap is just so real. Like (laughs) I love the line at the beginning of the movie when Dolph asks Jet Lee, who am I gonna pick on? He goes, You'll find some other minority. (laughs) He, He fails out. I'm like, that is so like authentic to real military life where the gloves are just off and nobody cares and everybody thinks it's funny. So Yeah, look for a good score for me.
0: I'm going to give a shout out. You know, we talk about military authenticity. I enjoy watching Randy Couture in the action scenes in this movie. You can tell his military experience really comes through the way that he moves, the way that he handles his firearms, even, you know, his fighting style. And he's obviously a professional fighter, but you can see the military martial arts mixed in there. The fighting style, so from the authenticity point of view, I really enjoy watching him. Jason and I have had several adventures, not unlike the uh, expendable. That was like (laughs) I called that a Tuesday, you know. (laughs) Let's rack them, let's score them, Jared. Mm. Hero from Hidden Assassin, Dolph Lundgren. What are you giving him?
2: All right, there's a bit of a Homer, I love Dolph Lundgren bump involved in this, uh, you know, and I love Dolph Lundgren in a B movie bump, and I gave him a seven. I thought he was just as good as Roger Moore in A View to a Kill, which, as we all know, is the seventh baseline on this show.
0: <laughs> How dare you?
2: How dare you? Uh, no, I, I I mean, Roger Moore in a View to a Kill somehow still gets a ten, even though we all know he's a seven. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I gave, I gave Dolph a seven.
0: One point for every decade. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Sorry. You know, I didn't go quite as high as a seven. I went with a six on this one just because I was kind of taken with what Ezra said. Looked a little goofy. Looked a little out of place. I have a feeling if we would have got those 10, 15 minutes, maybe that character development would have bumped it up to a seven for me. Yeah, I think that's fair.
2: I mean, I I, guess I readily admit it's Homerism for Dolph Lundgren in a B-movie.
0: <laughs> oh, that's fair, man. Fair, fair is fair. What about Expendables? We know you stacked them. How high did you stack?
2: I did I did stack them and they stacked all the way up to a nine, a real strong nine. I I like this cast and I like their chemistry.
0: I went one, two, ten. Flawless victory. It had everybody in it. I loved everybody. This is when Chuck Norris showed up
2: and they called him a lone wolf.
0: Wink. (laughs) I mean, that's a ten. That's a ten right there.
2: That's That's about what Jordan did too. He's like, is that Chuck Norris dad?
0: (laughs) Yes, it is. And we've seen Lone Wolf McQuade, so even my 15 year old got the Lone Wolf joke. So, well, we're raising him right. So, Ezra, lock and load. Who's
1: getting the round? I'm firing it straight into the Expendables, like you guys said. It's it's just too much. It's too, too many heroes. This is it's too much. They can't handle it. <laughs> Dolph on his own can't handle Dolph with a whole bunch of guys.
0: It's like when you somebody hands you a bag and you go, "What's in this bag?" And it's like. <gasps> Little Debbie moon pies and oatmeal cream pies. There's <laughs> a jelly roll? Is a jelly, jelly rolls. roll? Holy cow! You just keep pulling stuff out. It's just yep. Yeah. Oh, I'm with you. Well, that's the end of my round. All right, time to get to round three. Prepare to meet Kali. in
2: hell. Round three is the villain. How menacing and or entertaining is your villain, Jason? You get to start this time. Hidden assassin, 1995.
0: There's a little variety i guess of villainy to pick from i'm sure you'll
2: make it sense to everybody
0: yeah it's interesting i will say you've got a couple villains you got the faux villain which was the assassin the woman so simone was kind of you know starts off as the bad guy but you kind of know that things are going to change you know those cubans are up to no good tiger we love you, but kind of saw that coming to mind. Whatever your mind. real name is, he'll always be Taggart. He'll us. always be Taggart The me. whole
1: movie, I was like, oh, man, Taggart. Yeah. I, Taggart. Yeah. I, I don't
0: Taggart know what to do he, next. When Taggart's in sniper mode, he's looking felt. You know? <laughs> <He does. laughs> like, like a tiger. <laughs> my boy takes that sniper uniform off. <laughs> oh, man. Those are some city miles on Taggart. I thought it was interesting. I thought that they were overall pretty good. You know, I love me some Taggart. To me, that's kind of who I centered on as the villain when I was thinking through this. So I was kind of playing back the scenes, you know, in my mind. And I thought, he did a good job acting out the scenes. You could tell the relationship, the fondness. And he had a genuine fondness for Dolph Lundgren's character, which was interesting and added some tension and some tragedy at the end when he ends up dying and, and actually sacrificing himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's kind of that little redemption arc, too. Uh, you know, so if you look at it as just the Cubans, saw it a mile away, eh, they are kind of forgettable. But Taggart, to me, was kind of the central Villain character and the one that I had the most interest in. And I'm sorry to keep calling him Taggart. I know. Someday we're going to learn his real name, but I don't know what it is. Taggart. It'll always be Taggart. I looked at that. You know, it was bad. I looked it up on my phone when I, before I came in so I wouldn't call him Taggart. And I'm still like, I forgot what his name is. I will be back to Taggart.
2: No, I agree. I agree. You know, one of the things we talked about is being a memorable villain. And I got to tell you, like, the villainy of this movie, as I was thinking about the squaring, was like very, very vanilla for me. But when he did the thing where he, he showed that he truly he truly loved Dolph Lundgren's character in the film at the end and sacrificed himself. That kind of gave it a little bump for me. But you know what? It's Ezra's turn to talk. Ezra, what did you think about Taggart and the Cubans, which sounds like an excellent
1: 50s pop band? <laughs> well, Taggart and the Cubans, I like their hit. It's all about 57 Chevys. But other than that, <laughs> I enjoyed seeing Taggart. But you know, I'll be honest, for most of the movie, I knew somebody was going to be a bad guy that was working with Dolph. But I figured it was going to be, I guess Taggart's CIA boss, the other guy. I oh. thought he was going to be the bad one. so I never really was looking for it to be Taggart. But it's one of those movies where we don't get enough time with the villain for me to really give it, the villain a lot of even consideration. It's like the idea of a villain is there, but the character to me is not really a villain for most of the movie. So I can't really go all out on him. And even if I'm looking at Simone, thinking maybe she's, I mean, she's an assassin. She's a villain type character for most of it again it all just felt like what jared said very vanilla just a little flat as far as all that goes very very fair well then let's shift gears and go to expendables
2: Two. jason uh we have a villain whose name is practically villain it's one letter off from
0: (laughs) one letter short one l short of being a villain yeah villain Villain. as played by the incomparable
2: Say what you will, but I remember his name. I don't call him Jean. <laughs> you know what? I won't even say I, it. I'll let you say it. All right. So
0: you tell us about the villain. <laughs> Before I rudely interrupted you, you're going to say played by the incomparable Jean Claude Van Damme, the muscles from Brussels. Interesting choice of villain. Not too many Van Damme movies where he plays a villain, and you can tell he's enjoying it. He's loving every minute of it. His acting was actually pretty good for this. I was impressed. More so than I remember his 80s movies, or some of his 80s movies. Hats off to him for it. I guess the only thing that I wish is they would have given him a little more. I know that's really hard to do when you have a whole stack of A-list action heroes that you know are vying for screen time, but I thought that we could have used a little more villain in that. And I actually read in my trivia that even like the final fight scene, he petitioned Stallone to lengthen it so that, you know, there could be more to that scene and, you know, get a little bit more of the character out there, which I think was the right thing to do at the end of the day. And I, I just kind of wish we could have seen a little bit more of him in the film. So I'll stop there.
2: All right,
1: Ezra, JCBD. The Lane kicks a knife through a guy's heart. Mm, true. i done.
2: that's all you got and that's all you need
1: that's that is all i gotta say when it comes to how awesome a villain is he kicked a knife through a guy's heart not just like a front kick like he did like a roundhouse through a guy's heart
0: well we need to break this down a little more actually he didn't just kick a knife into a guy's heart roundhouse style he had one of his boys like hold it, you know. Yeah, it like, was like he was holding the he was like, holding
1: the nail and and yeah, and like, JCVD's foot was the hammer. It
0: was a <laughs> hammer, yeah. And and we've got to throw. And it wasn't kicked, his knife. It, it it was Barney's knife. It was <laughs> the it was layers of, levels. Yeah,
1: was that was, that was a plus theory. villainy for me. Yeah,
0: agreed. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Like
2: when I saw this movie the first time. And the, he comes up the hill, and it's like a silhouette, and the smoke clears. I'm like, "Oh, it's Van Damme!" <laughs> I was so happy. <laughs> so, well, let's just score him Taggart versus Van Damme. I don't
0: like Taggart's odds, so Jason, <laughs> let's let's score Taggart on a scale of one to ten. I don't know. I'm gonna go with what I wrote down here. I'm kind of shaky on it now, but I gave him a seven. I think just because it was Taggart, and I like Taggart, I like the character. And I think going back, I scored uh, Lundgren a six, and I thought Taggart's character was actually a little bit better than Lundgren uh, as far as the the acting went. So yeah, now I'm talking myself back, and yeah, I'm going to stick with my seven. Seven.
2: <laughs> we're not seven. too far apart. I gave him a six. We're only one point away. So yeah, I think we're in the ballpark. Over in the Expendables, J C V D gets. Uh, I'm betting it's at eight or higher for you.
0: No, I gave him a seven as well. I think you son of a. Well, I think as far as acting goes, you know, as I compare the two films, I think they were pretty much on par. And like I said, if JCVD had more, a little more screen time, a little more, hmm, give me some of your motivation. You know, what's your. It's in his last name, Jason. <laughs> yeah, I guess. You're right. I should have read his last I would have given him a little bit a little bit higher, but I leaned on a seven for JCVD. All right, I gave
2: him an eight. So again, we're only one point away. Uh, All right, Ezra, you got the bullet to spend.
1: It's got to go straight into the muscles from Brussels on this one. It's uh, (laughs) it's all about Jean Claude Van Damme. He's getting that point.
2: Oh yeah, especially when he did those Van Damme split kicks in that final scene. He's like, he can still do it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, from the intro to him, right up to the finale, he earned it the whole way.
0: I want my money's worth. (laughs)
2: That's right. Over so soon. Uh, Speaking of which, this round is now over. So, back to Jason.
0: All right. Well, I'll pick it up here for round four, and we're going to talk about the overall spectacle.
1: I'll be back.
0: How engaging is the film overall? And we're going to talk about stunts and the effects, explosions, cinematography, factor in maybe some soundtracks, some scoring. How well is it all brought together in terms of spectacle? And Jared, we'll start with you this time with Hidden Assassin. Let me
2: start with the strongest point of the spectacle, Hidden Assassin. And they made really good use of Prague. That was its best attribute. Like its set pieces, where it was shot, how it was shot was pretty decent. did not have a super memorable score for me. It was entertaining. I didn't feel the need to check my phone a lot, which is always a plus. I think its real strength was its setting. I, you know, like I said earlier, they decided to move from Paris to Prague. And I think they got a lot of mileage out of Prague. So I'm going to give that the, the high mark for it and the fact that at least it was engaging. And I'll leave the rest for Ezra.
1: Yeah, I'm going to say what Jared said about Prague. You know, I mean, Prague is, is a really beautiful city. It's It didn't get messed up during World War, World War II because, you know, Hitler wanted to use it as the capital. After the war was over, and so it didn't get bombed, and you can see everything that it just—it's got the the old Europe feel to it. There's nothing crumbled around the city, and so that is as far as the spectacle goes. Because otherwise, I really didn't care for the score very much. I don't think it had really over the top action sequences that would have added to the spectacle. So yeah, I think like Jared said, everything for me as far as spectacle goes is going to be for the city, and maybe the club dancing. Those two things. The bathtub.
0: (laughs) What was that? Did somebody say bathtub? Uh, Dad, I just want to point out that was Jared. I I thought I heard heard somebody.
1: I I don't know know what you're talking about, about the bathtub scene. I didn't rewatch that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I agree with what you guys are saying. I think there was Prague and a lot of it. We got to see some of the old city. We got to see some club life. We got to see the train station we got to see some of the rural areas and i know it's you know maybe not all been shot at that location but you know how they they set it up so we got to see a variety of different elements and i thought it all came together quite well i thought it was interesting use of sets and locations i really liked the chase scene at night when they jump off the bridge and come up into the river out of the water i thought that was beautifully shot so yeah i agree with you guys Strong use of the city and the surroundings. All right. What about expendables? Got a little spectacle on expendables. Jared, what'd you think? Well, we've said it before this is a spectacle movie. It's entirely
2: set up to be spectacle. I like the use of some of the classic oldies music, sort of a very Americana music that was used throughout. It kind of made it fun and and interesting. It didn't have like a really strong score, but its use of those old older tunes made it a lot of fun. And explosions and uh ba boom and,
0: uh, <laughs> <ba-ba-ba-ba-bow>, and <laughs> tat, 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 tat.
2: yeah, I mean it's it's a spectacle film, so
1: it's gonna get it a strong score and I'll leave it at that.
0: All right, Ezra, what do you think?
1: Yeah, this is this movie's all spectacle. I mean it's it's the first and forefront of the movie is all about the spectacle. It's not not even just the explosions and the boom and all that kind of stuff, but even just like the airplane that they're riding around and that's a spectacle in and of itself cuz it's like these guys that are using the latest weapons but they're flying around in like a used airplane that looks like it could fall apart at any moment but there's definitely like a spectacle to that just seeing this thing fly and, and then the replacement at the end that's that adds to it to me like a flying clubhouse yeah that's what it that's <laughs> really damn editor <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so I mean, yeah, I mean, the whole movie is just, every scene is just some big spectacle.
0: Yeah, not much to say except, man, Chuck Norris knocked a guy onto a belt through the little security x-ray thing and then filled him full of lead. and we got to see the x-ray of him getting <laughs> torn apart <laughs> by machine gun fire. That is spectacle, son. I love it. <laughs> I like the spectacle of the bomb
2: that Dolph Lundgren made that didn't go off. Oh, uh, if, if somebody said, I think you forgot the part where you
0: suck. <laughs> <laughs> That was funny. Oh my goodness! All right. Well, let's score them. All right, Jared, what did you score the spectacle for? Hidden Assassin. Well,
2: you know, like we said, a five is a good made-for-TV movie, and thanks to the use of City of Prague, you got to step up from that, and I gave it a six. Match game for the exact same reason.
0: What did you give spectacle for? Expendables. I went all the
2: way up to a nine. It's a super, super, super spectacle movie. I've seen a couple more movies I thought were even more spectacular. word courtesy of Pat, and <laughs> so I landed on a real solid nine. You probably could have talked me into a ten if you want to.
0: No, I didn't go quite as high as a nine. I went to an eight. Well, I thought the spectacle was great, but you know, I was kind of thinking about. I think I gave the first Expendables. You gave it a ten. <laughs> Oh, okay, okay. Okay, maybe I should give this one a nine then. Do what you gotta do, man. No, I'll stick with what I got. I I could go with a nine, but I landed on an eight. I mean it's you know, it's upper echelon any way you look at it. So eight from Tough call coming your way, Ezra. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Lock and load it, Ezra. Who's getting it?
1: Yeah, the the sniper bullet's definitely gonna have to go to the expendables. R.I.P. sniper Liam Neeson or Liam Hemsworth. Uh Liam Expendables would be cool, but oh, so yeah. exactly. you,
2: just, you just cast another movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, but uh yeah, Liam Hensworth, the sniper, he's yeah, definitely expendables. Definitely expendables.
0: When are we getting John Wick in the Expendables? That's
1: what oh. I want to know. How about oh. John Wick versus the Expendables? Oh. Oh. He gets two pencils. And then they <laughs> keep up in the end. That's the only way. That's the only way. Good. Good.
0: Well, I'm going to pass it back to you, Jared, so you can pass it back to me in a minute. (laughs) The old fake Jared round. Let's get into round five.
1: Some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate a bill.
2: Round five is best action scene. I hand it off to Jason. He's going to break down the best action scenes of each of these movies. We'll all chip in on which action scene we like the best, and we'll circle back and score them. And, of course, Ezra will have to figure out which movie had better action scenes. It's a mystery. It's a mystery as to what he might select. But Jason,
0: could you please give us your breakdown of the action scenes for Hidden Assassin? love to, Jared. So the first action scene, I kind of stretch out between the fight and the wine cellar, right? The chase after she escapes in the car and then over the bridge and into the water. So I kind of lumped all that one up, called it Fight in the Wine Cellar or Bottle of Red Upside Your Head. (laughs) Strong start, Jason. <laughs> All right. Second is the train chase. And I kind of start that in the train station where he has to beat up the guy that has the gun to his head. And then it's kind of like, it's kind of a slower chase, you know, up on the roof. And when he figures out she's on the roof and then they jump off and then there's kind of like a little foot chase there. But I lumped all that up in the train chase and I called that one, throw Simona from the train. I like it. Then the other one is the prisoner exchange. Okay. And I should say this includes the scene at the airfield with the ridiculously tiny helicopter, I must say. And then I also wrapped up into the chase afterwards, the Mm. car chase Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, slash shootout. I called that one. Wait a minute. Is that helicopter big enough for two people? (laughs) Don't worry about it. (laughs) It's a (laughs) non-starter. (laughs) And then, sniper scene that we talked about, she takes one in in the chest, and then you know he has to evade the sniper or eventually kill the sniper. And I called that one, you know, I really feel a connection with this one. Darn it! (laughs) (laughs) This character's developing rather nice. Ah. And then, the final one, and I kind of included the tunnel which leads up to the rooftop chase with the Cubans, and I called that one Time to smoke some Cubans. Nice. All right. Given all those action scenes, which one was your favorite? I think to me it was prisoner exchange or wait. Is that helicopter big enough for two people? Don't worry about it.
2: I would agree with that. Ezra, of those scenes that he laid out, which uh,
1: action scene did you like best? Honestly, I liked the bottle of red upside your head.
2: (laughs) What's wrong (laughs) with that.
1: that. was probably my favorite one. I think my favorite part of it, I don't know if you noticed this, was they were breaking Basically every piece of glass possible, and at one point they broke a giant pile of wine bottles, and they were just all empty, just a lot of empty bottles <laughs> in the wine cellar because well, they, you know it's it's they, a movie, whatever. They re, Maybe it's they the use, use their bottles, the used bottles that they're <laughs> waiting to take them back for the deposit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I enjoyed all the glass breaking, and then even when they went upstairs. They just started breaking some more glass, whatever glass they could break the whole time.
2: <laughs> there was glass. It was getting broke, yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. So those are our, our favorite scenes uh, for that one. And, and you know what? I want to give a nod to uh, when you're getting to know the character, she gets shot, whatever you call, it, <laughs> you call it. Like, that one wasn't the best action scene, but I thought it had a real good thriller tenseness to it. when he was on It the did. That was, I like that. Anyway, I just want to give a nod to it, because I, I was really engaged in that scene. But Jason, uh, well... <laughs> I think you should just have one action scene and it's called Expendables 2.
0: (laughs) But uh, how did you you break that down? Well, here's the thing. I've got it down into seven action sequences here. The first is the entire beginning. The Arnold Rescue. I called that one, I Hurt My Back. (laughs) Because he's old. old, I I get it. That's that's what I'm saying. Second one, Town Fight. Mm -hmm. I called that one, F and Chuck Norris. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck Norris. Shout out to Dodgeball. Then there's Liberating the Village. Can't do any better than rest in pieces. Just <laughs> steal, steal a little Sly's line there. And then there was the airplane assault on the tunnel when they have to start shooting up the air defense things there and then he flies into the tunnel. And that was a pretty massive action scene. This one has a little nuance, so you got to kind of bear with me. I called this one Sam Mendez before directing Spectre, seeing this movie and going, interesting. Mm. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm with you. I'm with you. That's deep. I, I think that might be a, maybe a <laughs> joke for two. Then there's the airport fight, which it's not so much a name as it is a warning. I called this one still more orderly than SeaTac over the holidays. <laughs> so just warning you Jared
2: (laughs) nice something to look forward to
0: and then you know and I kind of thought about it but I think we have to break the final two boss fights into their own unique fight scenes. so there's Christmas versus sorry I called him because I couldn't remember his name (laughs) so you have to uh, what was the term Uh, less than stellar stellar person person. okay (laughs) And again, I stole from Christmas and said, always go with the classics. I like that. Pete, that guy with brass knuckles. That's cool. (laughs) And then there's Barney versus Villain. Only thing I had there was a little observation that JCVD needs to hit that tricep machine because those chicken wings are looking a little floppy, if you know what I'm saying. (laughs) How
2: dare you speak ill of
0: JCVD. (laughs) No, I want to see those things tight, man. (laughs) If he's gonna if he's gonna do the thing where he shows them off, they need to not flap. That's all, <laughs> all I
1: like a tiger. I have to. <laughs>
0: yes. I can tell from his tight shirt.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right, there's a lot to pick from, Jason. What you pick of the litter? Oh,
0: man. I know. I know. <laughs> it's the airport fight. It's just running and gunning through the whole airport, you know. I think the chuck Norris filling those guys full of lead. Driving around in a little smart car with <laughs> Big-ass Bruce (laughs) Willis and Schwarzenegger in there. busting caps. Uh, It's so funny. uh, I mean, just so much chaos in that scene. I gotta go with the airport fight. But, solid showing for liberating the village, the rest in pieces. Uh
1: uh Ezra, what are you thinking? Kind of between the airport or the town fight, so I guess what I would say is, thank you, Chuck Norris. (laughs) Uh, because both of them where he pops up are the ones that were the killers for me. But I, I guess I would also lean towards the airport because it's just long and spectacular in every way.
0: And you got to see a guy riddled with bullets in an x-ray machine.
1: <laughs> that, But I mean, I, I loved the little smart car with, with the driving through the smart car thing. That that might've been the highlight as far as funny things go for the whole movie.
0: Yeah. There were great one-liners in there. I'm going to be the odd man out.
2: Uh, I like all those, by the way, all these, all these scenes are really close for me. Uh, I really like the introduction scene, the opening mission. It, it had a lot of variety in it. You know, it was a driving and gunning, then it was a running and gunning. Then it was zip line. And then it was boats into planes. In the the like it was a lot. It It reminded me of us playing with our GI Joe figures as kids. Like
0: <laughs> it's funny you say that because I was thinking, I was thinking, man, because I give the Fast and Furious movies so much crap. I give it so. i yeah. like, it's what, what it's what we do. It's so <laughs> weird ridiculous <laughs> and yet i see this and i'm like <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I know i feel the same way
1: it's funny you say that because at multiple points i was comparing them to those movies about how they're both just there's nothing in either of them it's not ridiculous it, the beauty of this is the Albrecht brothers hypocrisy and that we haven't watched these <laughs> the
2: movies. all right we all picked our favorite scenes. It's time to double back and do some scores Jason, you and I both picked the same scene in Hidden Assassin, Prisoner Exchange. That helicopter ain't big enough for the both of us. (laughs) Whatever you called it. What would you score? You know, I thought that one was pretty good. I gave it a seven. This is a a tale of us being off by one point a lot. I gave it a six. I thought it was better than average, and I enjoyed it. So, there you go. Over to Expendables 2, you like the airport, and I like the opening scene, and they're both great. You know, this I'm not poo-pooing anybody's choice. I mean, you could have picked any of those out. <laughs> I would have been perfectly fine with it. Uh, you like your airport to the tune of a nine. I upped it to a nine. And our trend of being one point off continues because I have an eight for my opener. And it's one of those movies where I probably would have just like scored them all an eight, you know. And Ezra has this really big challenge
1: ahead of him. Well, I am going to be just like Chuck and just blow expendables full of bullets right in the x-ray machine (laughs) and if they're all into expendables every single one of the bullets
2: all right
0: well that uh ends our scoring rounds well i guess that's just leaves one more round to go got my ass kicked and this is the round of the ridiculous, the deduction round, where we get to subtract up to 10 points for anything that we find ridiculous in the films. And so, Jared, I'll start with you with Hidden Assassin. Are you taking anything off of this film at all? I almost took off a point because, as
2: Ezra mentioned, you know, it is a forward thinking movie, and that's your main. Assassin, wink. The version assassin is lesbian, and you didn't see that a lot, you know, in movies back then. I almost took a point off because she's clearly kind of falling for Dolph Lundgren, and I'm like, well, isn't that a tad out of character? And then I remembered. How dreamy Dolph Lundgren is. So I'm not taking any points. Away.
1: <laughs> I told you about him working out near me, right? Yeah. I, mean, that's right. I, I know like- somebody who used to just sit on her balcony and watch him work out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I
2: was just like, I was like, Oh, come on. Is she going to change that? Okay. I get it. <laughs> and you know, I, the, the movie, and maybe it was in those missing 15 minutes. It doesn't push too hard on the relationship. Like you get chemistry between them, but it doesn't push too hard on a relationship between them, I didn't, I didn't feel. But Anyway, just my two cents. But no, I, all that to say, I'm not taking anything away. It's fine.
0: Okay, fair enough. I'm not taking anything away from it either. Let's move over to Expendables. Are you going to deduct anything there?
2: I'm absolutely positive there's ridiculous stuff from the military authenticity point of view that I should be taking points away on, but I'm not going to. <laughs>
0: so, there you have it. Well, I am going to take a point. <gasps> uh, hey, the action scenes, you do whatever you want. But the scene in the plane with Billy, the kid, when he's talking with Maggie, you know, how he ended up with the Expendables, and he says that he'd been in the army for three years and he was a sniper instructor. No, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> that is true. I had that same thought. I, I, had that same thought. I, I can stretch it and see maybe you're a sniper in three years, but any experience, enough experience to be an instructor? No way.
2: No, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, that B did sit in my bonnet and I completely forgot about it. So yeah, I ain't even gonna fight you on that. That's a good point. I I I even was like, could he even be that good of a sniper after three years? Like, well, maybe he's got some natural ability plus what he learned, but yeah, an instructor. No. Yeah, I
0: mean he could be a good shooter. I mean, that's I'm sure he was. And I I mean, he could have conceivably gone through sniper school after three years active duty, you know, figure basic AIT. A- I- 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 and, then you gotta jump right into sniper school, which is not a short school. You know, and then plus he had his tour of Afghanistan wrapped up in there somewhere. I was like Stolen Valor. This dude's a Stolen, liar. Yeah. <laughs> no way Baby Thor made
1: R I P. Yeah. Right.
2: <laughs> That's why he's dead. <laughs> so at any rate, taking that point off. All right. The sniper doesn't get to do any deductions, but Ezra, if you have any airing of grievances, now's your opportunity.
1: Well, I've been waiting for this it's 1994 to air my grievances about you, Jared.
2: <laughs>
0: no, it's not about us
1: personally. The oh, oh, wrong. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so give it another 20 something. <laughs> <Dang it. laughs> uh, I
1: solid. don't really have any grievances. Maybe uh, I felt like Hidden Assassin might have been at times a little bit slow. The pacing was a little bit off for me, but I don't think enough that I would really say it took away from it.
2: Fair enough. And with that, that's going to bring us to the end of
1: our official rounds.
2: All right, now don't worry if you haven't been keeping up with the math at home, folks. We do that for you here at Action Film Face Off. And looking at the sniper's bullets, to no one's surprise, it looks like Ezra gave four of his bullets to Expendables 2 and one to Hidden Assassin. If you were playing match game, we had but three matches. We were very, very, very close all the way through this, but three yep
0: official matches no one is drunk tonight no <laughs>
2: <you> could, <laughs> no they got a nice little buzz going on, a little buzz th- go don't drive home but like you know hang out a few hours drink some coffee you'll be fine <laughs> yeah no hangover in the morning <laughs> looking at the judges scorecards the winner of this episode of action film face-off with a score of 83 to 66 is expendables too i'm
1: shocked
0: I feel shocked. (laughs) Well, congratulations to Expendables 2. Now let's head over to the randomizer and find out what the years are going to be for our next episode. My brother Jared will be pulling a film from
1: Choose Your Destiny
0: 1987, and I will bring a film from Choose Your Destiny. 1984 what will those films be it's big 80s baby and we're going to tease them for you on social media for those of you who want to watch before listening which should be all of you but we know it's you dave or you can tune in next episode and just jump in cold turkey and find out until then, I'm Jason Weasel Skull Albrick, and you can find me on social media at Weasel on Twitter or Jason Albrick on Facebook and Instagram. And
2: you can find me, Jared Albrick, the Yard Sale Artist, aka Death Probe, at Yard Sale Artist, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. It's all at Yard Sale Artist. And if you want to check out my wares, you can go to www.they. You know what? It's www.theyardsaleartist.com. Ezra, if you want to talk to people, how can people talk to you?
1: Uh, Yeah, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. At Easy Rooster, it's E-A-Z-Y Rooster. And yeah, Twitter, Instagram, best places to get in touch with me. Excellent.
2: Be sure to check out all the shows under the Longbox Crusade umbrella by subscribing to Longbox Crusade on your iTunes, your Google Play, all your reputable podcatchers, and some of your sketchier ones. Or you can check us out directly at www.longboxcrusade.com. If you'd like to send a question or a comment, you can do that several ways. You can hit us up on social media at Longbox Crusade. And that's available on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Or you can come directly to us at A-F-F-O Podcast. Or get ready for those people. Open your ear holes nice and wide. You can call us and leave us a voicemail. Like it's, you know, 1994 if you want to. All right, 707-532-5269 will get you directly to our voicemail. We'd love to play your voicemail on our show. 707-532-L Box. That's 5269. Pick, Pick up. The up
0: phone. The phone.
2: <laughs> you can also find our live stream events at Longbox Crusade on YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you listening. Until next episode, keep your head down and, and your, your knuckles,
1: knuckles up. up
2: the degree legacy got my me get the the intro and outro theme to this show and all of our action film face off shows are done by musical genius joe november check out his soundcloud at j o s e f l i n 99 you will not regret it all right welcome back to the action film face off the show where two randomly two randomly years the first line of the show man <laughs> we already got the outtakes reel fill it up let's try it again